everyone, Edna Kimball, Edna Sells, Century 21 Right Real Estate, and welcome to today's podcast. Today we are talking about Airbnbs. And listen, Airbnbs, I absolutely love them. I actually have four myself, opening a fifth one, working on it now. And I actually did a little bit of research. I've helped over 19 clients open Airbnbs. So I really love them. I think they're a great investment, but are they really the right investment for you? So today we're gonna go through some of the items that you may not have thought about prior to starting the Airbnb. So let's get that started. So first, real estate investing and property management aren't rocket science. But as you research how to become an Airbnb host, you'll quickly realize that throwing up a list with the photos snapped from your smartphone, they won't necessarily land you those huge returns that you're always hearing about. Now, follow these host tips and prepare to put in some good old-fashioned hard work, and you can be successful because it really is truly hard work. It's not set it and forget it. you got to stay on top of it. Number one you want to run the numbers and see if those numbers are viable and are actually going to make sense for you. So before you can become an Airbnb host, calculate whether or not the additional effort and time is worth the money compared to what you could earn for just renting the space out on a long-term lease. Let's say that you could rent the apartment or structure on a 12-month lease agreement for $1,200 a month. By comparison, you could Airbnb the same space for $100 a night. Now on the surface, $100 per night for 30 nights sounds like a no-brainer. That would be at full occupancy, $3,000 per month. So why wouldn't you do that? Well, here's the thing. There's no such thing as a guarantee on the occupancy. But if Airbnb only gets you 18 days for that month of occupancy, now you're down to $1,800 a month, which still sounds great, more than $1,200. But think about it this way. You have a lot of expenses that come out of that additional money. Vacancy rate is far from the only expense. So you've got to pay for the gas, the electric, the water, the internet, and then consumables such as toilet paper, soap, laundry detergent, coffee, I put coffee in mine. And once you subtract those from the $1,800 a month gross, you'll find that the long-term 12-month lease actually would net you more money. That's not to say that all long-term rentals are better, nor is it to say that all short-term rentals are better. It just simply means that you should not make assumptions based upon the gross income alone. You've got to look at all of the key factors. Are you the one cleaning the home? That's one of the largest expenses of having somebody come in and clean. So comparing the two options to see which one is gonna be more lucrative for you. Price it against the hotels, not other rentals. Your Airbnb pricing should have nothing to do with what you could charge for long-term rental. In fact, don't even price nightly rates based upon other Airbnbs nearby. Your competition is made up really of nearby hotels. Look at the comparable hotel nightly rates and then try to beat them by 15 to 25%. That's a good solid way. It's kind of like a minimum for knowing where you're gonna end up at the end of the month. A family of six could either book three rooms at the nearby hotel chain or they could book your three bedroom unit. In that example, considering pricing your three bedroom home at the cost of booking two hotel rooms 
and that will make your unit much more desirable and be an easy decision for you. Number three, and this is a huge one, know the local laws. The hotel industry is no pushover and they know the rules. With billions of dollars at stake, hotels are not laying down and surrendering their market share to our Airbnb host. And so what they are doing, they are spending lots of money to lobby your local industry or your local um, government to make sure that there are rules in place to protect the hotel industry. After all, many municipalities and cities do charge special hotel taxes. That means that many local governments are outlawed or severely restricted when it comes to Airbnb and other short-term vacation rental services. Here in our market, it's still a little bit up in the air on where that's going to land. So what you need to do is your research. Research the best cities for vacation rentals, including both returns and the legal regulations. Always understand the local laws and don't count on the person who's selling you the structure to know if an Airbnb is actually allowed or not. Rules change and realtors can miss sometimes when those areas change. Number four, approach short-term rentals as a complete hospitality business. Now, being a landlord is pretty much hands-off. They have to mow the lawn, they have to take care of the utilities, and then you have occasional spurts of effort for something like a water leak. But when, and so it's definitely more of a passive income. Whereas short-term rentals can produce strong income, but they're far less passive, and they require more hands-on approach to operate them to be profitable. So many people who try out Airbnbs just throw the listing up and then sit back and wait. They don't do any marketing outside of Airbnb, and then when it's off-season, these hosts don't make any money, which can ruin their annual returns. So what you should be doing is launching a multi-pronged marketing campaign. Registering with travel websites like Booking.com, VRBO, posting on Craigslist, really leveraging your own website. Yes, that's right. You should make a website for your Airbnb. And even using hyper-targeted Facebook ads to reach extended stay business travelers. Think about who your perfect tenant would be for short term and go after them. Short-term landlords who approach it as a business can virtually eliminate vacancies while those who just think of themselves as Airbnb hosts will wonder why their vacancy rate is so high. And remember, the high vacancy rate means you could actually lose money in the deal. Furnishing it affordably. Now, having helped so many clients start their Airbnb, this is where it gets really interesting. When most people approach the task of furnishing their rental, their first thought is, I guess I should go to a furniture store. Your potential guests don't expect to be the first to sit on your couch. Not a single piece of your furniture in the unit actually is required to be new. Clean, comfortable, stylish. Those are the main keys. You absolutely can buy used furniture. Simply make it sure that it's in good condition and that it's super clean. Options like Craigslist, garage sales, my personal favorite, Facebook Marketplace. I've had some amazing deals on there and also used furniture stores, or maybe family or friends that have some extra furniture laying around in storage units that they would be willing to sell you or give you, or maybe even lend you. You can furnish your unit for several hundred dollars 
and make sure that you go about it with discerning taste. You do wanna be picky and make sure that the, the decor matches each room. A hodgepodge will not bode well in the photos. So when in doubt, take a tasteful friend with you to do your shopping. Number six, never misrepresent the property. The one thing that most people do not realize about Airbnb is their feedback forum. It can absolutely kill you. So every landlord wants to paint their property in the best light possible when they pop it up on there. And that's fine, as long as the guests won't be disappointed when they see the real thing. Your listing photos need to be realistic. Make sure that you do not show off your Photoshop skills by overdoing it. By all means, show off the property's strengths, even brag a little, but when it comes to the property's weakness, be honest. If it's near a busy highway, go ahead and state that there may be some noise during certain times of the day. But that doesn't mean that you can't put a positive spin on them. If you're renting a small studio, say intimate and cozy, and that's reasonable as opposed to cramped and tiny. Your guests will rate your property, not just overall, but also on the accuracy of your listing. So it really is imperative that you are honest. If it feels like you fooled the client, then it will definitely hurt your rating, which will sink your business. Number seven, accrue as many five-star reviews as soon as possible. First and foremost, ask all guests to leave a review for them. If you don't ask, many will simply forget or not get around to it. But building your rating doesn't stop with asking for reviews. In the beginning, you might want to price your unit just a little bit more competitively and go the extra mile for each guest. I'm a big, huge fan of giving complimentary coffee, and in some units, we even do a s'more kit. That's right, people love s'mores. Now, people do love a deal. As a new Airbnb host, you may find it difficult to stand out against other Airbnb hosts. So being competitive, this will help build your Airbnb reputation and allow you to start getting reviews. Building this credibility early on will attract more people to your Airbnb space, enabling you to then increase the price down the road. And keep in mind, holidays, you can change those prices to be more expensive on certain holidays that are popular in your area. The more five-star reviews you have should be an absolute number one priority. It will make all the difference on your vacancy rate. Number eight, cleanliness. Okay, guys, everything about your unit and your guest stay should be perfect. But if they see even one cockroach shimmy across the kitchen counter, forget about it. You can expect a bad review. Your units must be absolutely spotlessly clean. That goes doubly for kitchens and bathrooms. And keep in mind, other people are staying there and leaving food out. So honestly, the bug problem is a never ending issue. And while we're speaking about reviews, cleanliness is another category that guests will rate your unit on. And it's not just Airbnb, but on travel websites as well. If you hire a maid or a cleaning service, screen them well and inspect their work regularly. Try to pop in after the cleaning and double check them. Check the bed Check that the bed linens are spotless and turned down professionally. Number nine, this one is a little bit controversial. Turn on the Instabook option on Airbnb. As a business person, you should be on the lookout for dif differentiators, ways to make your product more attractive than your competitors. 
Turning on Instabook, if you don't have a specific schedule demand, allows you to get instant bookings, which means that that can translate to higher prices and higher occupancy rates. Frequent travelers and Airbnb guests will choose to go with the place that has an Instabook option over the ones that, that require the host to actually approve each and every booking request. This can cause a, a major delay. Now, those delays can sometimes take days depending on the host's responsiveness. Sometimes it's the little things that really do make the biggest difference. Number 10, be extremely responsive. Experienced hosts know that communication with guests is crucial, so much so, much so that it warrants its own rating on the category for reviews. When a prospective guest inquires about your rental space, answer immediately. Honestly, I always try to respond within 15 to 30 minutes. Do likewise when approving requests to book. If you don't have your Instabook turned on, make sure that you keep your phone handy so you can respond back quickly. And when future guests or currently staying guests message you with questions, answer as quickly as possible. I promise you, you don't want clients booking the spot and then asking a question and realizing that it's not going to be a good fit for them or for their family. One other thing that we should talk about is pets. You need to determine if your space is good for pets and also even children when it comes right down to it. And be upfront in your description, pets welcome, must be approved, pets not welcome, not a good fit, children under five, not a good fit for them. The reason is there are safety hazards that you also have to think about. So make sure that you state those items right up front. Believe me, your guests will appreciate it and it will save you a lot of hassle and unhappiness when the guests arrive and it's not a good fit. Um, my family, we travel extensively and we have my youngest granddaughter, she's five now, but there were times where um, I wanted to know that there were, you know, four flights of stairs that a two-year-old could possibly tumble down. And it made a difference on whether or not I wanted to book the property. So be upfront with that. That, that can make a, a huge difference at the end of the day on how the, how the guest feels about the host. So as far as the response rate, Airbnb will post on there what your percentage is for responding and you should always have a 100% response rate. So you may wanna think about getting a co-host. Now the co-host has as much access to the platform as you allow them. So if you were taking a vacation and you wanted your co-host to be the one responding, you can turn that on. It's a toggle switch, you can turn it on or off. So these are some of the things that you should think about prior to even jumping in when it comes to Airbnb. Now, I, again, I think it's a great platform. I'm super excited about helping everyone in the market. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. I would be happy to sit down and have a chat. Thanks for watching.